Welcome to episode 27 of the Empowering Ability Podcast. Welcome to the Empowering Ability Podcast, where we get you and your loved ones impacted by disability the information needed to live a full and meaningful life. Now here's your host, Eric Gall. Hey folks, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for joining again today, or if you're new to the podcast, thanks for listening. So today we have Jeff Dobbin, who is the Executive Director of Partners for Planning out of Toronto, Ontario. And Partners for Planning is an affiliate of Plan uh, BC. And uh, I've been also fortunate enough to be a guest blogger on uh, Plan BC's blog. So big thank you and and shout out to to Plan BC for that opportunity. And excited to have Jeff on the podcast. Uh, If you've listened to the introduction episode of the Empowering Ability podcast, where I tell a little bit about my story and bring on my sister, um, who has a developed mental disability in my mom. Um, I mentioned Partners for Planning as an excellent resource for uh, families and supporters to learn about person-centered uh, planning and to get really resources that will benefit you on your journey of, of planning and creating a full life for an individual and so they can uh, also contribute in society. So uh, excited to bring Jeff onto the podcast to share more about that resource. Uh, also to really talk about why, why planning, why think about designing your life instead of just letting it happen by default and um, why that's so important. I also give my perspective on that. And then Jeff shares some of the um, how. So, so how to start planning and gives us uh, three really key building blocks to, to start from or to continue to build upon. So excited to, to share this chat with Jeff with you and, and here's Jeff. Hey, Jeff, welcome to the Empowering Ability Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Well, thank you, Eric. It's, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, awesome. So I've been following Partners for Planning for a little while and um you know, I've tuned into many of your webinars. So for those folks out there that are listening to the podcast that haven't heard of Partners for Planning, can you just give us uh, a little bit uh, about Partners for Planning? Sure, sure. Uh, we're a relatively new organization. Uh, we started in 2009, and we're uh, an organization that's uh, a nonprofit. We're, we're family-formed and family-driven, so half of our board members um, our parents with a, a child with an intellectual disability, as well the majority of our staff are also uh, family members. So when we uh, formed the organization, um, we did so uh, with the realization that that many families are concerned about the future for their sons and daughters with with a disability, and it really doesn't matter uh, the the nature of the disability at all, whether it's, it could be a mental health challenge. Uh, intellectual disability, autism, uh, physical disability, uh, parents are, and families are, are concerned for the future and specifically what will happen when they're, they can no longer care for their sons and daughters. So we created the organization to provide resources to families. We started off providing workshops. We, we uh, are an affiliate of the Plan Institute in BC and, and with them we, we published a, a book, Safe and Secure. Um, we have a technical background within the organization. And so uh, we've created a number of different digital resources for families uh, over the years. And one that that we developed a few years ago is the uh, P4P Planning Network. And it's an online resource designed specifically to help families plan for the future. 
And so that's been very well received. We, we receive funding through the Ministry of Community and Social Services uh, to develop that resource. And it's available across the province of Ontario, although we do have uh, people from around the world uh, tuning into different different uh, webcasts and accessing the resources on the planning network. Awesome. Yeah. And as I mentioned earlier, it's a fantastic resource. So I recommend that uh, families and supporters and anybody around that's interested in, in disability check that out. So Jeff, why is proactive planning and supporting families with planning such a priority for partners for planning? Well, Eric, there really are a number of reasons why we, we encourage families to, to think about the future and to start, start um, thinking about a plan. Um, what many families will tell us is that you know, very little happens for their, their children with disabilities unless they're sort of intentionally involved in, in directing things. So, you know, I know I have three kids and, you know, they don't have disabilities and they pretty much figured out their lives. You know, they they finished school, they they found their job, they moved out of the house, uh, you know, they have fi- their own financial resources. And, um, you know, I'm just well aware that that's not always the case for for children living with disabilities. It, it often does require intention on the part of parents to, to make those things happen. So the sooner families can start thinking about that, the better. Um, also, with all the, you know, the wait lists that individuals with disabilities are experienced in Ontario, um, you just never know when services and supports may or, or may not be available. So you, know, you can't really sit back and, and count on the government to, to step up and provide all of all of the supports you may need. Um, and I think the, I guess the last reason why we really encourage families to, to be proactive has to do with individualized funding and the, the, that move towards more individualized community-based approaches. You know, families now have an opportunity to create some, some really incredible things and opportunities for their, for their kids uh, around work and community involvement and new relationships and and so, again, the sooner you could start that process, the better. So it's, you know, it's our hope that we can provide those tools and strategies and resources that, that will empower families to, to take, take action. Yeah, I think th- those are such important points, Jeff. And you make me think of my own family and, um, and me and my sister, right? So I made the decision to go to university and, and to leave the house at 18, like um, many kids do um, that you know might not be impacted by a, a disability. Whereas my sister stayed at home, and uh, after you know she stayed in, in high school until she was 21, and then more or less she was at home and ended up a lot of the time in my parents' basement. Um, so it gets exact to exactly the point that, that you're making in terms of if there's not intentionality in planning, um, for a son or, or a daughter that has a disability to think about what's next and, and what do they want to do in their life? And, and what are those goals? What does that vision look like? Um, yeah, just so important. I mean, just rings so true with my family. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I, th- I think it is, there are, you know, changes that, that, are in place that are really exciting. You know, we're seeing people with disabilities now starting businesses and working in companies and, uh, you know, just being involved in so many different things that, uh, that you never would have anticipated if, if your focus was purely on, on congregated programs and services. 
Right, exactly. And and to your other point around funding, so there's funding like, you know, for example, passport dollars that, and, you know, hopefully more individualized funding that, that will be available in the future for individuals to, um, to, to be able to live into those visions, right? And, uh, right. and to have that greater community involvement and, uh, yeah. and in the community developing relationships. So, so yeah, right. so I, I agree that planning is, is super important and to think about it as early as possible. And, one of the things that I noticed, Jeff, is just this idea of creating a culture of possibility and, and not being something that P4P promotes. Can you just speak to that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think if people, especially people who haven't had a lot of opportunities to to be involved in their communities, you know, maybe they've, they've attended segregated schools or have been part of of uh, congregated programs and services, the whole idea of, of participa- participating fully as a as a citizen and contributing to your community is an extreme idea for for many people if they haven't had that opportunity. And one of the things that we try to do with the planning network is to profile, you know, stories of of hope and possibility, and to help people realize that you know individuals with disabilities can contribute, can do really creative things, can have, can have a great life and can direct their, their own lives in, in really unique ways. Mm-hmm. So that I love the, the getting those stories out so people can see that there's other decisions or other choices or other ways that uh, you can live your life and, and thinking about living your life by design. So and, and thinking about creating that vision for the future and not just living by default, right? And just not living the, the status quo or what you see, maybe just kind of everybody else doing. Um, so I exactly. love that, the culture of possibility. Yeah, stories inspire. And, you know, one of the webcasts that we produced um, was called Thinking Outside of the Disability Box mm. and profiled a, a young man in, in Peterborough and, and his mother who, again, just have been so creative in the ways that they've They've uh, helped you know, construct his life, and you know he's just doing incredible things. So stories like this are definitely motivating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you've touched a little bit on the resources that that you offer. Would you be able to kind of give us a bit of a breakdown on those resources, and maybe even where uh, listeners can go access them? Sure, absolutely. So the URL for the Planning Network is simply planningnetwork.ca. Um, all of the content fits into uh, really the model that was developed uh, by Plan in BC, and, and I had mentioned the book before, Safe and Secure. So, uh, Safe and Secure is a book that um, uh, Al Edmansky wrote, and uh, I really like the way that they have categorized their resources within that book. So we we sort of mirrored that. So the the Planning Network organizes the content into six different um, categories. So one is just the whole idea around planning and what's involved in planning and creating a vision for the future. Uh, another looks at relationships and community. Uh, we certainly believe that you know, relationships are, are a foundation to, to any, anyone wanting to create a good life. Um, we look at, at work and contribution. So, so people working in uh, regular community businesses and uh, or, or volunteering in, in, in uh, unique places. We look at legal and financial planning. There's certainly a lot of things that families can do to impact the, their financial sustainability. You know, something just as simple as accessing the RDSP can, can change so many opportunities. 
uh, we look at home and what's involved in creating a home of your own. And then lastly, we think it's important that people are do qualify for all of the supports that they're eligible for. So we have a section on provincial and federal supports that, uh, that people can access. Yeah, and then the planning network, we offer a number of different types of resources. I think you had mentioned the, the webcasts. Uh, we offer about 40 webcasts uh, a year. And um, yeah, they're qu quite dynamic uh, webcasts. You know, we, we have a small studio here in Leslieville and we're able to, to produce some fairly high quality uh, productions. They would fit into all of those six categories. We have some other resources like uh, professional services directory. So families can find lawyers and accountants and financial advisors who, who have an understanding of the challenge, challenges that families caring for someone with a disability must face. We have a family networks page where organizations that offer family networks can list uh, contact information on that page and, and families can find other families to connect with. And then we have a doc zone, which, which contains uh, quite a few short documentaries, uh, as, we, as we discussed, uh, uh, look at possibility and hope. Awesome. So there's some great resources there for, for families uh, and, and supporters. Um, in terms of uh, consuming that content, Jeff, uh, I'm assuming that you can just go in there and, and, and click on, for example, if you want to learn about family or uh, relationships and community, you just go into that section and, and you can kind of read through the material. Um, maybe you could just talk a bit to that and how to, how to access the content. And also in terms of the webcasts, um, how can somebody access those webcasts? Sure. So everything's available on the one page, so planningnetwork.ca. And a lot of the um, produced resources are in the Learning Center. Uh, one thing that we're really excited about is, is, is the whole idea of using uh, mixed media or, and digital media in really creative ways. So a lot of the resources we've created are articles with embedded videos, and it's a, it's a very visual resource. With respect to the webcasts, you know, right on the home page, there's a listing of upcoming webcasts, and people can register right there. So it's all quite quite simple to access. Okay, perfect. So in the show notes of the podcast, I'll make sure to list the URL um, for the website and also for uh, signing up for the webcast, so folks can just do that with one click. Excellent. So I guess, Jeff, who do you see using the planning network? Like uh, who, who's the audience that you find coming on and how are they using it? Yeah, it's interesting. We've, um, we launched it a little over three years ago and we've had about 50,000 people access it uh, so far. Um, and while we designed it specifically for families, we're finding that it's getting uh, broad use um, in, in, Distributing the planning network, we've partnered with a number of organizations uh, across the province. So we have over 100 organizational partners, and we support them in in uh, sharing the resource with with their um, families and stakeholders. And so we found that you know a lot, a lot of these organizations will use the planning network for for their own staff and. And you know, if they have a webcast on a particular topic, it's it's not um, it's quite common actually that you know we'll have other professionals tuning in to watch webcasts. So uh, while it was designed for families, we're getting you know many people tuning in to to watch the webcasts. One thing we didn't anticipate is we're getting, finding groups of people 
coming together to watch webcasts. Uh, we keep the webcasts relatively short, uh, you know, less than 45 minutes. And then we have a Q&A, a live Q&A with every webcast. And so we're finding, you know, groups of people, family networks coming together and watching the webcast and then having a, a conversation with a, a local context on whatever the, the particular topic is of that webcast. And that's, yeah, certainly something we didn't anticipate. Hmm, that's really neat. And um, there's listeners of the podcast that are outside of Ontario. So across Canada, growing um, listeners in the US, Australia and other places in the world. So are the are the webcasts and the content applicable to um, an audience outside of Ontario, Canada? Sure, I would think that that 60 to 70% of the content does apply outside of Ontario. You know, there are some specific resources around, you know, financial planning and, and some particular, you know, supports that are, are, are particular to Ontario that, that may not apply as much, but um, certainly there's, there's lots there for, for anyone, regardless of where they are. Okay, fantastic. That's great to know for our listeners that are outside of Ontario. Um, so just kind of thinking this through in my own experience with my, my family and other families, um, families are kind of at different stages in terms of planning. So some might be at the start, some might be some have done a few things somewhere in the middle, some might have a quite detailed plan and vision created. Um, so maybe for those families that um, are, are looking to start a plan, what are some of the first things you would recommend that they think about? Right, that's a great question. Um, yeah, I think probably the first thing that I would recommend is, you know, just taking some time to really think about what type of life you'd, you'd like to help create, help your son and daughter create. Um, you know, take some time to really think about what, what is important and, and what, is, what is possible and, and, um, and don't be afraid to dream. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, perfect. That vision is, is so important. And I think their comment that I made earlier, um, or we were talking about the culture of possibility, right? So having that mindset when creating that vision is is super important to, to really design that individual, but also the family's uh, life moving forward. Um, is there maybe uh, one or other one or two other important things that families should consider when when starting to think about the future and creating that plan? Sure. You know, as I mentioned, we're, we're an affiliate of the Plan Institute in BC. And, you know, Plan has been helping families for over 25 years think about the future. And, you know, when they came together, they came together around the question of what will happen to their sons and daughters when they could no longer care for them. But they quickly realized that a, uh, perhaps a more critical question was who would be there for their their sons and daughters when they could no longer care for them. So the whole idea of inviting other people into your, into your life and, and, you know, I guess being of the mindset that you, you don't have to do it alone, that, you know, having others involved and supporting your plan and helping you create a plan and a vision is, is really important and, and uh, certainly can help secure the future. So I think that's, that would be the second key thing is, is don't be afraid to invite others in, in, into your into your life and into your son or daughter's life. Mm-hmm. And that can be such a challenge, right? And, and it takes some courage and vulnerability to allow other people in. Um, but in my personal experience with my own family, and again with other families, um, it just opens up the door for possibility and, and opportunity, um, especially for that individual with... Um, disabilities and it's interesting Jeff like when I think about my family it's 
inviting other people in and, and fostering relationships has had a big difference on, on my sister's life who has a developmental disability, but it's also had a massive impact on everybody's life in my family, especially my mom, um, which, you know, I wasn't really expecting. So it's just cool to see how, um, inviting other people in really does have such a huge impact on everybody's life in the family. Absolutely. And, you know, I think people are really, some people anyways, are, are really hesitant to, to want to reach out and, and invite others in. And so there are some types of supports that families can get that can help not only with, with that, but with the whole idea of, of creating a plan. So in Ontario, there is a, a movement towards independent facilitation. So um, facilitators can work with uh, an individual and, and family and can really help facilitate that process of, of creating a plan and, and you know, creating a life where there's opportunities to build, build relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I've been involved with facilitation for a while. And, and we have a facilitator for for my family. And it's been a, a great help. Um, her name's Joanna Good. And, and we did a podcast together. So if if listeners are interested in learning more about independent facilitation, I recommend that you check out that podcast. And I'm, I'm sure Jeff, is there any resources that you have on independent facilitation um, at P4P? Yes, we do have some some videos that, that speak to what independent facilitation is all about. But what I would recommend is that people visit the uh, Ontario Independent Facilitation Network website. So that's oifn.ca. And there's great resources on independent facilitation there. Okay, fantastic. Um, okay, so we talked about creating a vision, uh, building relationships, bringing people into your lives. Is there anything on kind of the resources or uh, support side of things that you would recommend that, that families strongly consider? Well, I think the, uh, I would strongly recommend that, that everyone open an RDSP if they're, they're eligible. So an RDSP for those who are unfamiliar is the registered disability savings plan. And it's a, a, a program that was created by the federal government and really does provide some, some generous grants and bonds to, to um, individuals with, with disabilities. And, you know, if someone was to open an RDSP, say at age five, and they happen to qualify fully for the grants and bonds, you know, at age 35, they would have an asset that would be worth about $350,000. That would continue to grow. And so, the, you know, the lifelong benefits of, of an RDSP uh, like this would be, you know, close to a million dollars. So it really is a game changer when you think about wanting to plan for the future and, and you know, purchase other supports and um, looking at housing options and, um, you know, having resources like this that are, that are completely flexible is, is, uh, is, is a game changer for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I completely agree on the RDSP. And, and for, I mean, that's a great example that you provide, Jeff, on the power of the RDSP and the impact uh, that it can make on somebody's life financially. And uh, for your investment in the RDSP, um, you know, you're, you're getting a, up to a 300% return on any money that you put into it. And uh, you, for some folks, you don't even have to invest money into that RDSP to, to qualify for that bond po portion of the, uh, of the plan. So I recommend that, that families check that out. Is there, again, I'm, there's information on, for, on P4P, on the P4P website on the RDSP, Jeff? Uh, 
Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. In the uh, uh, in the learning center, there are a, a number of different resources, but we also offer webcasts usually once once a month on the RDSP, an introduction to the RDSP. And we're producing one now uh, that looks at the issues people need to be aware of once they've opened an RDSP. So there are definitely considerations you know, right. that people need to take into account once it, once it is open. You know, the beauty of an RDSP, too, is that it's one of the few financial resources that people can access that doesn't interfere with any other uh, government supports. So it really, you know, it has no impact on any of the other provincial supports that are available. So, so you know, it has that added advantage as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's perfect. Okay. Um, yeah, so there's some awesome resources for, for you guys to check out, you listeners to check out. Um, and, and Jeff, I'd love just to talk a little bit about the art of belonging. So um, I was fortunate enough to attend uh, the event in person, I believe it was in March uh, of this year. Could you speak to just a little bit about that event and kind of how it came to be and what it was all about? Sure. Yeah, we were really excited to have an opportunity to host the Art of Belonging, which was a, a TED Talk inspired event. Uh, we, we weren't permitted to to use the, the TED Talk branding uh, because we're an organization and we had a theme. But uh, the Art of Belonging brought together six people with really diverse backgrounds to Provide um, unique perspectives on, on sort of the, the principles and, and 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 strength of community. So it wasn't all disability focused. Um, you know, it was looking at sort of the the bigger the bigger issue. And so we held it at, in a theater in Toronto, but we also webcast it around the world. So it was exciting. You know, we had people in Australia tuning in to watch it. Uh, certainly across Canada and across the states. And, um, yeah, it was a, a great evening. Very cool. And is there a recording, uh, or a video available that folks can, can go tune into that and watch those talks? Yeah, absolutely. On, again, on the planning network, uh, everything is right there. So there is a, an art of belonging tab and you can listen to each of the individual presentations. Okay, fantastic. So I'll, I'll, I'm going to link directly to that in the notes of the podcast so people can, can easily access that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So just interject, you know, just one thought that I that I had around that, you know, you talked about the, the uh, you know, just the power of, of, of thinking in a positive way and, and thinking about possibility and and hope. And, you know, with the art of belonging, it was certainly our intention to to help promote, again, those values and principles of inclusion and, and community and and, you know, socially valued roles that that we we believe everyone can play in, in, in their community. And so it was just, it was just so great to have that opportunity to reinforce those, those deeper principles around community. I love that. And I definitely share those values. The podcast shares those values as well. And um, it's, it's awesome that, you know, uh, there's folks like partners for planning out there really promoting and, and educating people on those values and the power of them. Um, I think that's super important to help uh, the, the social change that's, that's occurring for people with disabilities. Excellent. Great, Jeff. Well, I'm super appreciative of you coming on the podcast today and sharing about the planning network, the resources that are available, um, and how families can start to think about putting together a plan. So um, thanks so much, and I look forward to, to staying connected. 
Well, thank you, Eric. And I'll, I'll just say that if, if people do visit the Planning Network, there is an opportunity to join our mail list. And as we develop new resources, we'll, we'll let you know what we, what we have coming. So again, all, all of the resources on the Planning Network are free. And um, yeah, I appreciate the opportunity to, to come on your podcast and, and speak about the Planning Network. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for coming on, Jeff. Really appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Eric. A big thank you goes out to Jeff Dobbin for joining me on the podcast this week. And I love this idea and concept of creating a culture of possibility. And I hope this podcast and, and hearing Jeff speak about that and you know the, the idea of planning and creating your vision uh, for the future and working towards that, I hope this starts to spur an idea or some thoughts around creating a culture of possibility for a loved one in your life that might have a disability or someone in your family or someone that you support. And I hope this podcast gives you some ideas on how to start to create the vision for those different possibilities that might might exist. And P4B definitely has some great resources that you can go and access to, to start to plan that vision and, and implement it. Uh, so I highly also recommend their webinars. And I've linked to their uh, content, their webinars, their newsletter in the show notes of the podcast and also in the blog. So go ahead and check that out. And if housing is something that you're working on, uh, feel free to go to the website and get the free download on creating your home. So there's this great workbook that's going to help guide you through creating your vision and starting to implement your vision for what your home looks like. So go on over to the website. It's empoweringability.org. And I think you'll get a lot of value out of that. I'd like to thank all of our listeners that have left us a review on iTunes. Your reviews help me understand what I'm doing well, what I can improve on on the podcast, what you want to hear. So it's great feedback that you're providing. So please continue to do so. Also, by leaving a five-star review, it helps other people find the podcast. So thanks so much for those reviews and keep them coming. Next week on the podcast, we have another exciting guest coming on, and it is Anne Douglas. And Anne is a well-known author uh, focusing on the topic of parenting. And Anne and I talk about her recent book titled Parenting Through the Storm, How to Handle the Highs, the Lows, and Everything in Between. And on the podcast, Anne shares how she has personally handled some of those highs, lows, and everything in between in the podcast in her own life and in parenting her four children who have all experienced some sort of mental challenge, mental health challenges uh, in, their, in their lives and who are now grown and thriving uh, out in the world. So uh, it's a fun podcast. Anne and I also talk a lot about self-care and how we need to take care of ourselves so in order to be able to be a good parent and to serve others. So join us next week for the podcast with Ann Douglas. And again, thanks so much for listening today and we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. Visit us at empoweringability.org for more podcasts and resources to help you and your loved ones impacted by disability build a full and meaningful life.